Welcome to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. seen anything like that now let's head to the first tee this guy's pretty good and here's your host jeff kolpak and we will uh, join jeff kolpak here in just a moment brad anderson here in studio a minute after 10 o'clock here in the uh, golf show as uh, the host of the golf show is uh if you've been uh, reading his work at uh, inform.com the form of fargo moorhead out in uh, out in pebble beach uh, following amy olson uh, seven months pregnant uh, at the U.S. Women's Open. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. Um, this is probably cutting-edge stuff for the show, Brad. And, and you were with us, you know, in the beginning years. What have we been doing this, 20 years or so? I, mm-hmm. I've lost count. But never thought I'd be live from Pebble Beach is for, there... the, for the highest-rated golf show in, in, in North Dakota. So what's next? We're going to go Augusta? We're going to the British <laughs> Open? What's next after this? Well, we tried to get... The, the credentials for Tom Hoagie at the Masters, but got denied. You know, uh, guess the market isn't big enough, or they're just a little too snooty at Augusta National. But man, what an event! This is a big time out here. And when I walked into the gates at Pebble Beach Golf Links on on Wednesday, late Wednesday morning, you know, you just go, okay, this is a big time. This is this is how it's done at the professional level. And the thing about covering Amy all these years. And you go back to maybe 08, 09 when she won the Junior National Girls Tournament would put her on the national map. All these years, you don't see her up close and personal because all these tournaments are not in Fargo. So this was literally my first experience at watching her do her thing and her craft at such a high professional level. And it was just, uh, you just go, God, I wish I could see this more. But And TV doesn't do it justice. I mean, it's just... Um, it doesn't do the course justice. Doesn't do how good these players are. Doesn't do that justice. It's it's quite remarkable to watch. I guess what were the things uh, when you're being up close or as close as you could be uh, to following Amy? And you followed Amy uh, yesterday and Thursday as well. Like what are just? Like I said there's. I'm sure golfers like a lot of athletes have the routine and how they want to do things. There's, mm-hmm. there's just some of the things that that probably stand out the most that maybe TV doesn't show or doesn't do justice. Well, first of all, I'll start with the course. Okay. What TV doesn't do or justice is certainly the views. I mean, we've all been in the mountains or at ski resorts, and you're looking at uh, you know, how the depth and everything, and you try to take a photo of it, and it just doesn't come out right until you're really there. And when you walk into the, you know Augusta number eight or Augusta Pebble eight number eight, you know those holes along the beach, you sit there and go, wow, this is one. Most, I, I thought the most remarkable golf setting I've ever seen was at Augusta at the Masters when I just hung out at Amen Corner, 11, 12, 13 for a couple hours. And you just look at that and go, wow, it, it, it can't get any better than this in the golf world. Well, I, I, I was easily topped at Pebble Beach when you sit there and look at the ocean and these holes and how they're carved on cliffs right by the ocean. And 
And it's just a, it's like the seventh wonder of the world when it comes in in the sporting sense world. So, and that's one thing. And two is the undulation, the hills, and and just how difficult some of these holes are from an elevation standpoint. I mean, I've walked around that course now for three for three days, and my calves are killing me. I feel like somebody shot me with a BB gun in my calves because I thought I was in decent shape. But man, I woke up this morning and felt like I was in a heavyweight title fight. And and I'm not playing. I'm just following along mm-hmm. on on these on these paths and 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 grass. And I'm not playing golf carrying a baby. That's so I, I, you know, so you think about that and and just the additional respect you have for these players and especially Amy for what she tried to accomplish this week. Expectations weren't that high, and she knew it. When you're you're seven months pregnant and got off to a rocky start. Played pretty well yesterday for the most part, but um, it, it is a different level of golf, man. It is a different level. Yeah, I thought uh, obviously day two uh, after the practice round Wednesday, and then uh, kind of giving a uh, getting another crack at it yesterday. Uh, just mm-hmm. you kind of just talk about the difficulty of the golf course. I think she hit. Well, I was looking here three three greens in regulation out of eighteen, and uh, she couldn't avoid the sand trap there early on on Thursday. So um, yeah, obviously a difficult course for anybody, and uh, and um, you know some of those holes too. She just just couldn't get couldn't get to greens and regulation. You just feel like you're playing from behind the whole time, right? Yeah, her irons weren't weren't sharp uh, for the most part for two days, and uh, part of that's probably the pregnancy. She had trouble, you know, getting around with her swing, if you will, getting from her right side to her left side. She was in well, what was it, uh, eleven bunkers in two days. I mean, it's pretty hard to you know score well when you're in that many bunkers she was in six bunkers in her first three training holes on on thursday and she was really good from there by the way i mean if you and i were in six bunkers in our first 13 holes brad mm-hmm. we're talking 100 and whatever that would shoot i mean and some of these bunkers she's down in them and if i'm on the other side of the green i can't even see her all you see is a you know some sand flying and a ball coming toward the pin right i mean it's it's that crazy of how deep they are but it's almost to the point where you expected her to sand save every time she was really good out of the bunker and there was one shot on hole 17 i think it was yesterday it was her eighth hole of the day she was a par three she was in the bunker off to the left side and the ball stuck in the back bunker near the lip so on her shot she had one foot in the grass deep rough around the bunker one foot in the bunker i don't know how she's able to swing the club and and uh almost made it i mean came within a couple inches of sinking it i i I tweeted that out i was actually shooting video at the time and her her comment to me after the round was you know that was pretty tough when you're feeling athletic and in reference to her being seven months pregnant (laughs) it's more all the more remarkable how she did it and and leaning over it just and, and you know I don't, her, her sense of balance I think wasn't the greatest either. So I mean she had some remarkable shots to, and she finished twelve over and that's all difficult. The course I mean maybe we could talk about it a little later. Yeah. But the course and and the USGA took some criticism for just setting it up way too long. I mean uh, there was a couple par three, a couple par fives for the group I was following, Amy and two other players. On yesterday I can't remember what hole it was now. You know, when they when they start on ten, it screws you up. So um, 
they, they were literally between 125 and 144 yards out, so all three players, on their third shot. Amy on one, uh, Amy on hole 18, uh, par five, was 160 out on her third shot, and it wasn't like she hacked at the first two. It just was set up way too long for for these gals, and I, I know uh, the Golf Channel took some issue with it with the USGA, and and you know I know they want to set it up challenging. And Amy said after the round, she goes, she thought it was fair, and and if she's swinging well and and playing at the top of her game, she thought. She would have liked to attack it and played it differently, but I still think. I mean, you got to give players a chance to go for it in two. You know, it right. just it just makes it more exciting. Give them the option of going for it too. Going for I don't mean maybe there's one eagle yesterday. I think. I mean, it's just it was just unfair in my opinion to to make it that long. And when you have a player of Amy and her condition, she wasn't hitting it as long as she's used to. Uh, she's, you know, off the tee, although she wasn't that, I mean, she goes, I, I'm not hitting it as far as I used to, but I mean, she was right up there with the players most of the day. That's what's kind of hitting first, but yeah, go yeah, ahead. Cause that's what I was kind of wondering too, is was, uh, you know, you know, even in, in her current situation, seven months pregnant, did she feel like she was hitting the ball as well as she possibly could, uh, despite the circumstances? Yeah. Well, off the tee, she was pretty good. Uh, she only missed one fairway on Thursday and maybe a couple yesterday. One was uh, was a was a three wood or fairway wood off the tee that uh, on her eleventh hole that just trickled down into the into the canyon next to the ocean. It, it it was almost good, and that led to a bogey, and it sort of derailed her as far as making the cut because there was no room for mistakes yesterday. She had to probably had to go one under, you know, to make the cut. And for the first nine, she shot one over and had a couple birdie chances and. And she was teetering on on sitting there almost ready to make it, you know, with a good second nine. But, you know, maybe she tired out. Um, maybe it's just uh, there's two, three holes there where just didn't put it together, had a couple back-to-back bogeys, and then that's all it took. I mean, uh, the margin of error was, 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 was slim and none yesterday. I know, I was just looking at it, I thought, what was going to be the cut line? If I, I was thinking – at first, I thought it was going to be four over, and then it actually slid to basically the cut line was plus six. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, it, it would have taken a great round yesterday. But um, again, she's only, this was only her fourth tournament of the year. Now mm-hmm. she'll take the rest of the year off. Now, the question, Brad, will she come back? That we don't know. Yeah. I mean, and... that, is, that is the million dollar question that, uh, that she doesn't know. I don't know if anybody knows. But boy, I had a sense for, following her for three days i mean it could be uh, you know her caddy was visibly uh, emotional after the last hole uh, yesterday and you wonder if maybe she senses talking about tinika sandifer they've been together mm-hmm. seven years she was uh visibly very emotional after walking off the green i don't know maybe she senses something too we don't we uh, we won't know for a while and a year two three whether you know it's it's this is it for her uh, very, it's a very good ten-year LPGA career. Yeah. Or if she comes back, tell you what, she's pl- she can play, man. I mean, uh, if she doesn't play anymore, it wouldn't be because of, you know her abilities slid at all. I mean, she's seven months pregnant, and she was hitting shot for shot with most players yesterday. What? Uh, let's say she takes a year or two off, Jeff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know, like I said, maybe the. 
you know, the, the, the newborn gets to be a toddler and she kind of, you know, kind of tells Grant, hey, I want to go back to work again. Um, what does she have to do? Yep. Does she have to get, get her card back or can she just walk right back in and, and, and play? How does that work? The LPGA has a policy where they give a player two years of maternity leave. So what that means is whatever status you leave with, you can regain it in, in, in a couple of years' time after your leave is up. But that being said, she didn't have a whole lot of status this year like she had prior years. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not sure what that would mean. I, I guess it would mean you can make maybe a few tournaments, certainly. And maybe that's what she does. I, I don't know. Um, it, it, I tell you what, um, here's the thing. I, I You sense when you follow her and the family around for three days that, you know, golf isn't the most important thing in their life. You know, they're 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 just an easygoing bunch, uh, walking along. It wasn't like there's intensity of it all that this is the last round or this is the last year. I, I never really sensed that. And uh, I think Grant Olson said as much that, yeah, you know, golf's important, but it doesn't define you know our lives and our marriage or anything like that. So, um, and that's why I, I, I don't know, maybe. Because of that, she doesn't play again, and and and, and family is a, you know going to take obviously a bigger priority. Um, and it's not like Grant's an assistant football coach. It's not like he's a stay at home dad either. Right. You know that, that would make a difference. And so, uh, yeah, that that's uh, it's a decision to be made later, a year, two, three years down the line. But I wouldn't be surprised either way. I mean, I, I've been asked a, a couple, three times out here, is this it for her? I guess my answer is maybe, maybe not. Yeah, my I just think the competitive juices in her, and I mean that you got to see it firsthand. That I, that I yeah. think that would just be yeah. hard for her to just not have that unless she had another avenue uh, to replace playing golf in uh, in that regard. I, I just think that there might be, you know, she might want to come back to work in a couple of years and say, you know, what, I, I, I still want to. You know, at least play at least at a part-time level or something. There's got to be. I to me, if you want to do it, you got to. You can find a way to make it work. Yeah, I tell you what, watching her play and and when she steps on that course, uh, there's there's an inner intensity to there, and I always knew that, but to see it up close, uh, it, it's there. It, this would be hard to give up. I mean, it would. It's they. This is the big time, and the, the adrenaline that a player must have for. 18 holes and seeing all the fans and which by the way, a lot of them commented on her pregnancy and it was all good. It was, but they knew fans were knowledgeable. They all knew she was seven months pregnant. I mean, I I heard that several times yesterday. Oh, there's that girl. There's that woman, seven months pregnant, you know? And so these fans are very knowledgeable and it's, I think it'd be tough to give up because it is such a big time event and big time atmospheres. And I'm sure Every LPGA tournament, maybe not to this extent, but I'm sure it's they're all run first class, and I think that would be hard to give up. I, I really would, and that's why I think it's uh, you never say never about this. Yep, I uh, I tend to lean to lean to your thoughts there as well. Take a time out here. We'll uh, talk a little bit more about the tournament and uh, kind of more of your experiences from Pebble Beach. Jeff Kolpak out at uh, Pebble Beach. Amy Olson. Uh, missing the cut, and will be her, at least her final tournament, at least for the foreseeable future, and we'll see what happens uh, next in her career and uh, in her life as uh, she and her husband Grant will be welcoming their first child here in a couple of months. Uh, we'll come back with more of the uh, golf show as uh, Jeff Kolpak out, uh, out in the West Coast. We'll come back with more in just a moment. 
Drop them in the sand trap Spray them left and right and long You gotta drop them in the sand trap Back on the golf show with Jeff Kolpak. Jeff uh, out uh, at the uh, U.S. Women's Open out at uh, Pebble Beach. The uh, third round getting underway, actually is underway uh, right now. Amy Olson unfortunately did not make the uh, make the cut. And back with uh, Jeff and I guess uh, you got, you touched on it a little bit, but just the the Pebble Beach experience was uh, you kind of came in. I'm sure probably expecting one thing, and uh, maybe got a little bit more. But I guess that I guess out of the whole experience that that you were there for uh, two three days, I guess there was there anything that uh, maybe maybe you didn't expect or kind of surprised you? You know what surprised me a little bit about the course, and you don't see this on TV, Brad. Is by the way, don't get too comfortable in that chair. I'm still coming back next week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just make sure you know that. Okay, good. Uh, the, the, just the houses on this property, and you know, the number of houses. It's really set up to, you know, for real estate more than anything. And if you don't have forty million hanging around to spend on a house, uh, forget it. You're not gonna. You're not going to be able to live in this uh, this area of the world. Um, just the just the nature of of, of the undulation again, like I said, and the courses and the views. Uh, what really surprised me, really, is is the some of the top players who struggled with it. I mean, on Thursday, the world's top four players shot 76 or worse. So you know, Amy's 79. Don't feel so bad. It, it ate up a lot of people. And with a cut line at plus six, that's that's getting up there. You know, one player, uh, so Easton Stick is out here, and, his, and I actually have a story on this. His girlfriend is Cheyenne Knight, who's uh, one of the top players in the world. And I think she's in the top 20 or 25 in, in, in CME points. And I, I knew he was out here, and, and Amy is actually one of the ones who set him up like a year or two ago. And, and so I, I texted him. I knew he was going to be out here. And, and I was following Cheyenne on where she would be on a hole yesterday. I was in the media uh, media venue. And if I can describe this, so you walk out the media venue, then there's a big hill or mound that you can walk over, and that's where number two fairway is. And so I figured, okay, she's probably somewhere around number two fairway by about now. So I walk out the door, uh, go across this road, walk up this hill, and down to number two fairway, and there's Easton right there. <laughs> like, literally, he looks at me and goes, hey, uh, boy, you know, it, it was like the timing was unbelievable. But, you know, he's, he, with uh, with being around Cheyenne now in her career, I mean, his uh, appreciation for Amy Olsen's career is just, you know, tripled or quadrupled just because he sees what these players go through. You're, you're, you're there three days practicing, grinding, prepping, and then four days of it's just your your four five six hours of incredible concentration, and Shine Knight barely made the cut. I mean, she made the cut right on the dot at plus six. So it goes to show you, even the great players. I mean, it it, it it's a it's a hard course. Yep, and uh, that's because you got to keep in physical shape, but just the uh, the the mental state of it as well is just like okay, if you. You hit a bad shot, you know, you you hook or slice one, and then you got to try and work your way out of it and things like that. Oh. So I mean, I just uh, and that just and add to that probably I don't know what thirty thirty two weeks or longer of the year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's every week almost, and especially during uh, there's a stretch run here that there. Uh, if if you play into Sunday afternoon, sometimes you're trying to find a flight Sunday night, or you get to the next place Monday afternoon, 
and you know, rinse and repeat. Yep. I mean, there's there's no, hey, let's take a let's take a couple days off, you know. No, there's none of that. So it's they earn their way. I mean, he's pro golfers, and I've always said that said that on this show. I've had a lot of pro golfers, you know, from our area on the show, and by and large, and, and they don't complain about it. But I'll I'll tell it like it is. It is hard. It is a hard to be a professional golfer, and yeah, yeah, it's fun and it's great. And, and, you know, the memories and it, it, it's, it, it's, it's cool and all, but it's also hard and all, too. I mean, it's not easy. Uh, you kind of touched on it in the, the previous segment, Jeff, but uh, the, like the, the whole family situation, her family, her brother and Grant and then a lot of family members mm-hmm. were there. And it was just, uh, I think it was almost just kind of an appreciation for everything that it was, uh, you know, I think Amy, you know, even though she didn't make the cut, she, she felt like she accomplished something uh, in doing this. Yeah, yeah, and I think she, it was, uh, you know, this was a celebration of of women's golf this week, and I, why I say that is they got on one of the world's greatest venues, and the, this is the first year that the U.S. Women's Open has ever been held at Pebble Beach, and so they're getting on better courses, and they're getting on better venues, and it's about time. I mean, you shouldn't be playing the U.S. Women's Open at, uh, you know, the the Lisbon Country Club or something, you know. You got to play nothing against the Lisbon Country Club, plus all. I mean, but you you got to play these tournaments at the top venues in the world, and they should be playing. And it's coming back here, I think, in ten years. So, um, and that's good news. That's good news for the women's game. They deserve to be playing at the best places in the world. And so uh, there was a celebration factor to all of that. You had Annika Sorenstam coming back and playing one final tournament, and. Michelle Wee West coming out of retirement for this one tournament because it's Pebble Beach. They wanted to play this women's open at Pebble Beach, and neither of those two, by the way, came close to making a cut. Um, but it's just the—I thought it was a—you know—the 50th anniversary of Title IX was last year, and I think this was a, another cause of of a step forward in, in women's athletics and specifically uh, women's golf. Excellent point. Golf show with Jeff Kolpak. As uh, one story that came out of this, well, there's a number of storylines you touched on Michelle Wee and uh, and Annika Sorenstam, but the uh, the story of the uh, the tie player disqualified for caddy using a <laughs> rangefinder. Uh, what was the what was the feeling on that uh, at Pebble Beach? You know, I, I asked a couple players that, and and the, and the answer was, I have no freaking idea how that happens. I mean, that's got to be. Uh, it's on the player ultimately because she's the boss. Right. I mean, the caddy was using it, but it's up to the player to manage your team and, and manage your, your organization. And that's what it is. I mean, Amy is the CEO of her organization. She's not a single player. There's, there's a, there's a method to it. And there's a team to it. And so it's up to the player to ultimately know the rules. <laughs> you can't use a range finder. And that just scratched everybody's head. Like, how is that possible? And the answer is, we don't know. They just simply didn't know the rules. I mean, was she that young and and inexperienced? I don't know. It was, it was really, really weird. I mean, it was just people were just like, "You got to be kidding me! How is that possible?" Yeah, that's uh, that's just kind of one of those. That, I mean, they, I think they, I think they explain it when the tournament starts, but that kind of just kind of goes without saying. But apparently, it doesn't. So, well, she used it on, and the caddy used it on multiple times. Yeah. So you're, you think that. Maybe after the first time, some other player caddy go, "Hey, you really can't use that. 
You know that, don't you? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. You know, she's she's from what Thailand. Maybe there's a language barrier there. I don't. That's something we just don't know. That's possibly because some kind of communication uh, breakdown. And uh, yeah. yeah, just to um, just look at six players and just to, to show the uh, the challenge of playing Pebble Beach. Six players under par uh, starting today. Bailey Tardy. I thought she. Uh, uh, she kind of tore it up on the front nine yesterday, but she's two shots up here on a couple of players going into the third round. Yeah, you know, I, I was uh, yesterday I was walking along with this guy for a couple holes, and I just struck a conversation up with him. And he goes, you know what? I've caddied out here for 40 years, and there's dead air. Unless the sun has been out for two, three hours, the air is dead, and it's always a club or a club and a half difference. And he goes, and I know this because I've been caddying here for 40 years. I tell my clients or whoever I'm catting with to go aim for the back of the green because you won't go. And, and and I think a lot of players were short maybe because of that or weren't didn't realize that. Amy was short a lot for two days, but I don't think that had much to do with you know her knowledge of she, she knew about the dead air I'm sure, but it's just the fact her her you know seven months pregnancy thing just made it tough on her on her iron game. But yeah, it's. Uh, the guy goes, look, you know, he he just like he, he pointed out things that that other players go, look at, she's going to be short as as he's looking at the other fairway, and sure enough, this player was like ten, fifteen yards short, and he goes, I should caddy, I should make some money out here as a consultant. I go, yes, you should. There's <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, in your years of sports writing, golf and otherwise, where is uh, where does this rank uh, on the list for you? Yeah, top five for sure. I mean, it's got to be a top five. It's a, it's a U.S. Women's Open. It's a, you know at the historic venue. I don't know. Maybe it's number one. I'd have to think about that. But uh, you know, I've covered NCAA basketball tournaments, FCS titles. Um, you know, uh, a, a World Series game. I don't know. I, I, maybe it is number one for me. Certainly in the golf show uh, in vernacular. Until I can get a master's credential and cover Tom Hoagie. That might take over. Who knows? Well, that's uh, I guess that that's the goal here, sir. Or you, you know, yeah. you said in ten years, who knows? Maybe. Well, like if if you're writing in ten well, years, what, what I need to do, yes. what I need to do, Brad, on the on the credential to the Masters is put down host of the golf show on the fifth largest AM signal in the country. Maybe that'll get their attention. There you go. Maybe you're doing it wrong for years. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> I got it. I got to adjust my thinking here. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just not form communications. It's, it's I'm the host of the golf show, the you, fifth largest AM signal in the country. And you put a slash on that, maybe perhaps. But, yeah, uh, right. That's, that's right. for sure. Uh, what do we got coming up, uh, coming up here in the rest of the program? Yeah, we got. Um, uh, there's a really cool event coming up with the, the Shriners are putting on. A couple of friends of mine are doing that. It's a it's a hole in one contest for uh, charitable purposes for the you know, the the Shriners do such great things with the Children's Hospital and helping in the community and. And got a couple gentlemen coming in to the studio that um, uh, are, are helping putting it on, and it's great things for the community. All right. Uh, with that, we will uh, we will pause. More coming up on the golf show. Jeff Colpack in just a moment on seven forty. The fan. I saw you slam your club in anger. Took the grass off its edge. I saw you look at me in wonder. I noticed. Welcome back. This is the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan, statewide into Canada, South Dakota, Minnesota. 740thefan.com is the web address for the uh, podcast. The show brought to you by 
Nicola Baltra, as always, as for many years. This is an interesting event. I, I got two guys in studio here, and I'm going to put a little, a little disclosure here that I know them very well as a former roommate, longtime friend, and, and another longtime friend who I happened to take $4 off him last week, but uh, that's, that's we'll just forget about that. Dan Labradick, yes. May Good morning. I May I talk now, Jeff? Yeah. He, he, okay. Yeah. So last week you didn't walk off, or did you? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I had things to do, okay. unlike you. Okay. Mark Grothy is um, old roommates, and I guess, uh, you know, from like 75 years ago. At least 75 years ago. Yeah. I think gas was a dime. It was. <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. And we're here not to, you know, cackle over old times, but we can do that, certainly. But you guys, as members of the El Zago Shrine, have, and let's just start with that, first of all have a big event coming up, and you guys do so many great things for the community and and the surrounding area. But this is, and I'm just going to put out there right now, the Alzago Nine Holes in One. It's a contest. It's a fundraiser. And we'll go over the prizes later. But, uh, gentlemen, what's the purpose of this? Let's just start with that. Well, last year we started, we had the uh, first annual Nine Holes in One. Mm -hmm. And this is basically a unit fundraiser for the Alzago Shrine. Mm Mm-hmm. And at the end of the year, here's the good part. We take all the money or the majority of the money that we make and we use it as our discretion to give to charities. Mm-hmm. And our primary um, charity is the uh, El Zagos Transportation Fund for the Shriners children. Okay. So this is where we pay the expenses for the families and the children to go get their treatment either in the Twin Cities, Chicago, or even the Burn Center in Dayton, Ohio. So we help them cover those expenses and uh, make it as uh, friendly as possible. For right, them. right. I'm going to start with that because uh, the the Children's Hospital obviously is, is is we hear about all the time and the good things you do, but we don't hear it all the time. So tell us the good things you do. Well, one of the things we have going on coming up this fall is we're going to have another screening here in town mm-hmm. where. Families can bring their kids in if they have medical issues, and we screen them through a local doctor, and we're able to verify and understand if we can uh, help them with any medical condition they have, mm-hmm. um, everything from bone, abnorm- bone abnormalities, uh, burns, um, and almost everything. Mm-hmm. And again, this I got. I must stress that this is not the all the money. The money is not a fundraiser for the the children's hospitals or Shriners children it's for El Zagel to it's the then, expenses outside the yeah we the take hospital. care of, we cover their right. expenses outside right. of it yep. but you know helping out the kids um, you know at Shriners Hospital you can see all the things that they do you just watch some of those commercials on TV yeah, I know. and you get yeah. a pretty good uh, visual of it but we've had several um, or excuse me many fun um, screening clinics and been able to recommend and help out a lot of families in fact they had a friend of mine that he used to work with and she called me up and she goes you're a shriner right and i said yeah i've got a son and he's got this issue and i well hey we've got a clinic coming up go check it out mm-hmm. and the uh thanks that i've got and the appreciation from her and how we've helped out her and her child has been like very rewarding yeah do you have a couple more examples of of how you've seen what you've seen firsthand of of what you've done for for kids and their families because it's not cheap and you just said you pay for expenses it gas is whatever three forty a gallon 
if you have to go to Chicago, if there's a flight, I don't know. I mean, there's there's things there that that not every family can do. You know, it's transportation. Um, I think we've even kicked in for um, lodging expenses and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of different families come back at, at our events. Like they'll come back. We've had them come back at our beer stube, yeah, our, our fall event that we have, and just be around in the the stories that we get about. I've been a, I was a child of the um, received treatment at the children's hospitals or I have a child or a family member, it's so far-reaching and surprising when you hear the, what I call it, what is it, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. somebody knows somebody right, right. that's been affected by it, and it's... It, am, am I related to Kevin Bacon somehow? I think you are related <laughs> to Kevin Bacon, you know, being so footloose and fancy-free. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, Dano, what have you seen? As far as just everything that they do is just good for the local community. It's good for the families. Um, It's just a good way of giving back. Dan Labernick, Mark Grothy in studio. This is the uh, El Zago Shrine, nine holes in one. It's uh, uh, July 30th, right? It's July 30th. Correct. Yep. And it's at El Zago Golf Course. Yeah, we're taking over El Zago that Sunday. So I'm just going to go through the the prizes first of all. Sweet shots. uh, If you get a hole in one on on each of these on holes, there's certain uh, elevated prizes. Um, So on hole number one, right? Sweet shots, hole in one prize, $250. Closest to the pin gets $150. Hole number two, Pendleton Stoli, the hole in one prize. What's that? Ten grand for. Of, of booze, ten thousand dollars cash. <laughs> oh, cash, okay. Not not worth of Stolies or, or Pilman. And uh, close to the pin, two fifty. Hole number three, First International Bank and Trust. The hole in one prize is a, a seven hundred fifty dollar value. Correct. Yes. And then closest to the pin for all these holes are two fifty, with the exception of the first hole, which is one fifty. Okay, you got it. So and then hole number four is also wings for a year. Wings for a year, okay, and the. John Deere zero turn mower, twelve grand value if you get a hole in one. Hole number five, okay. This that's the, the, getting a little more uh, getting a little more um, serious here. Hole number five, a hole in one's worth a twenty grand toward a new Chevrolet. How do you work that out? Well, it's basically. It's I mean, an, it's you, an insurance thing. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's insurance. Okay. So Jeff, on this, it's all insured. Okay. Right. Okay. And you. so with our insurance policy, just to throw it out there, mm-hmm. we're limited to the first two hundred golfers that sign up. Okay. Yeah. So there's not as many chances, but there's a chance to get a hole in one on every on every hole on right. nine holes. And um, Mark, well, what is your handicap? Um, besides being short and really slow, <laughs> join the club. There you go. Well. Um, I guess I'm living proof that you do not have to be a good golfer to get a hole in one. So you've got you got one. Oh, I did. Yep, I didn't know that. Yeah, back in like 2000, 2002, down in Detroit Lakes, I uh, no the putt putt doesn't count. I know it doesn't. That was the, the really crazy part. But hole, n- hole number two at the old uh, Iron Man. No, the old uh, executive course oh, down yeah. in DL. Okay, yeah. And first hole, par four, birdied it, which was amazing enough. Second hole, got up there, grabbed an eight, did a nice little shot towards the green. I thought, okay, this is great. My buddy Kelly that was with me, he uh, we hop in the cart, drive up there, and he was on the green. I'm looking for mine. I thought, God, I thought it was on the green. Mm-hmm. And he's looking around. He goes, it's in the hole. Goes, Shut <laughs> up. So I picked up the ball, walked off the course, never picked up a club since. I go, That was my walk-off home run. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Good, was, good for you. So, ended, I, ended on a good note. Totally. 
So I encourage everybody that's interested in this coming out. You know, you might might get lucky. It might be your day. Well, you just have to skull one down the middle, and, and it rolls in. And, and El Zago, by the way, is a lot of whole. Most of God, I haven't played in a couple of years now, but uh, 150 maybe, right? 150 would be long. For would El be Zago. yeah. So yeah, you don't you don't need your driver right. there. Well, maybe you do. Yeah, but you just need a driver to get home. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> because we will have uh, refreshments on the course. Yeah, I'll refresh my memory. Have you had a hole in one? I have not, but my I son think had so. two. I think you did an article. On <laughs> yeah. <that one>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hole number six. Uh, this is right up your alley, Mark. Uh, the hole in one prize is a Harley. Uh, what is Harley Davidson? I don't know my Harleys. What does that mean? Uh, the Harley Davidson XL883 is a uh, Sportster style, so it's a small, it's a little smaller. Okay, that'd be perfect bike. for me. It's perfect for zipping around town. Yep. You may not want to ride it all the way to Sturgis, but people do it. <laughs> and uh, fun little fun little bike, um, good entry level bike. And actually, that twelve thousand eight ninety nine towards it is a big chunk of it. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So that's, uh, in fact, that's probably the entire cost. Uh, hole number seven, First Western Bank and Trust is the sponsor. The I'm not sure. The premium prize seven fifty. What is that? They've got different packages. Okay, that give away for okay. different items. Got it. Hole number eight, Nearson Automotive, thirty grand toward a new Chevrolet. Jeez, looks like Chevy's the way to go. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no doubt. And hole number nine, uh, hole in one prize is two hundred fifty cash. Uh, closest the pin gets. A uh, set of four Fargo Force tickets, two hundred and forty dollars value. How, how go through the planning, you guys, on on lining this up because this didn't take a week. So this is the second annual. The first annual was taken on by the director staff. They wanted to get a little bit of help, mm-hmm. and since we've been very successful with our beer stube, mm-hmm. um, they asked us. So then it's just forming a committee and. Um, Talking to local business folks about yep. sponsoring it, and now we're at the stage of just trying to sell it out. Okay, hole in one prizes estimated value at eighty seven thousand three hundred ninety nine dollars. Closest of the pin and final final drawing prizes estimated value thirty two hundred. That's a given. So somebody will get closest to the hole. So correct that yep. they will. Uh, we'll, and then along with that, Jeff, we're going to have some different games. You know where we'll okay. have like. Uh, Chipping a toilet bowl, putting contest, um, shake of the day, uh, frisbee golf, beersby, that kind of stuff where we'll just be doing different um, opportunities to win more prizes and then also generate more money for the kids. Okay, great. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with more in studio with Mark Grothy and Dan Labernick. The event is the El Zago Nine Holes in One contest. It's July 30th, obviously, at El Zago. You guys are shutting down the course on a Sunday, right? You got it. It's used for a Sunday. We'll be back right after this. Drop them in the sand trap, spray them left and right and long. You got to drop them in the sand trap, spray them left and right and long. Welcome back. This is Jeff Kopak. This is The Golf Show. as presented by Michelob Baltra on 740 The Fan, AM Statewide. Mark Grothy, Dan Labernick in studio. The event is the El Zago Nine Holes in One. Did you pay attention to those words, Dano, and dropping the sand trap and, and, and the you know, bunker? The and first... Because I play that mentally every time I play you. It was the first QN when we first started this program about dropping your clubs and leaving. That's when I thought <laughs> that, that... of you. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, gentlemen, uh, how do you enter this, this contest? It's... 
obviously we're in the weekend of July 8th, and the the, the event is July 30th. It's $100 ahead. To me, when we just went through those prizes, by the way, again, the prizes are hole-in-one estimated value at eighty seven grand, and the other closest to the pin and final drawing prizes at 3200 it seems like a pretty good deal for $100 to get a chance at something like that. How does how, how does somebody get involved? How does somebody sign up? Yes. Okay, so we've got some flyers that uh, if you look around your local establishments, you'll mm-hmm. see them in there. Mm-hmm. And then we've got, uh, it's E-Z holeinone.com. E-Z holeinone.com. So yep. Zagel hole in onecom yep. basically. Yeah. Um, you get. Or I could there. say easy hole in one. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. So you do that. You can sign up, and then if you've got questions, there will be a number of contact person that you can get a hold of. Yep. Um, Jeff, we're also doing for larger groups. Uh, if you want to participate, buy five and get one free, which brings the price down to about eighty-three dollars. Oh wow! So go in groups. The field is limited to what a hundred? Uh, the first two hundred. First two hundred. That's not many. That's gonna review last year's event. What what worked? What what made you decide to do this again? And and the success of it. Anyone that wants to participate, the window's open between nine and four, so you've got a lot of time to walk up and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the course for the whole day. It's something that's not going to take all day to do. So if you can imagine taking one shot at the green, nine different holes. You're not going to lose your whole day on this event. Yeah, so you can go any time between those hours. It's not s- specific times. Correct. Yeah, and you can spend as much time as you like as well. Cause like we got the additional games that you can play and participate uh-huh. in. It, it can be a day of it if you choose. And right? a good spectator sport. I think it's going to be a very good spectator sport. <laughs> Who came up with this idea? How do, how did it start? You know, that is a very good question. I'm not sure on the history since mm-hmm. both Mark and I came in a year after the fact. Yeah, yep. we got thrown in on the committee because. Being the amazing golfer that I am, yeah, they yeah. knew my history. I missed a meeting. There yeah. you go. <laughs> kind of how it works. Yeah. Uh, and the beneficiaries are obviously uh, enormous. You guys do a lot of events during the year as El Zago Shrine. <clears throat> you have this, the, the, the nine holes in one. You have the beer stoop. You got other stuff, right? We do. And, you know, not to steer you back to this, Jeff, but yeah. one thing I didn't mention earlier was yeah. Sweet Shots is one of our sponsors. Okay. Um, and so they are doing a, a qualifying night, uh, July 18th from 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, so what does that mean, a qualifying night? Uh, $10 uh, for five balls closest to the pin after 10 players gets an entry. Free, free entry. entry. Correct. Yep. Okay. Oh, nice. So if someone wants to go down to Sweet Shots on the 18th and give it a whirl. So July 18th, Sweet Shots. 6 to 8 p.m. 6 to 8 p.m., $10. You get five chances five closest shots to the pin for a free entry fee. After every ten players, the closest to the pin gets an automatic entry. Yeah, wow, great. I think one of the things that makes this a very interesting event is because we put on other events as well, like um, El Zagel puts on the uh, pro am mm-hmm. golf tournament as well, and the, that's always a lot of fun. But it's kind of a serious golfer. Mm-hmm mentality where i would never participate mm-hmm. however it's a great event i've participated in the last three or four years um again that all depends on who you are and and, and um, how long you want to be on the golf course that right one, there's probably when you got the pros involved in that many teams it's about a six six hour round I, I think the sport of golf and a lot of people out there can attest to that is more conducive to fundraising than i think most sports and it's done a great job across the country 
of using the sport of golf for fundraising. I think it's uh, important. We have events all summer. Every club has events. It's it's fundraisers everywhere. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just the the, the laid back nature, the summer of it, the just the, the the conduciveness of the game to fundraise. But the camaraderie, camaraderie. Yeah. What else? What am I missing? I mean, why is it? Why do you think golf is just so? Uh, Dana, you and you and I have played in a bunch of events, and you put them on. You put stuff on at Maple River, I know. Uh, what is it about golf that just lends itself to fundraising? Look where we live, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, anytime you can get out on the course. <laughs> Good point. In this weather, and maybe have a few if you participate, yep. or just be with your buddies. Yep. So, this, um, you know, speaking of fundraisers, I've always looked at the Friday morning golf deal with you and a couple other compadres yeah. is my fundraiser. Oh, really? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. We need to get Mark in this. Pass. Yeah. So you pass? Yeah, yeah I'll pass. Yeah. Um, just to review, we started the, our segment here on the El Zago nine holes in one with uh, the beneficiaries. And I think it's important to really double down and, 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 and talk about it. So it's Mark, you talked about the expenses for, for these children and, and, and there's there's it's a, it's it's community wide, right? It is. It is. They've got you know yes about some of the uh, treatments mm-hmm. that the children get. It's yep. everything from orthopedics, spinal care, prosthetics, prosthetics, cranial cranial um, deformities, uh, burn victims, mm-hmm. pretty much across the board. And they have a wheelchair program. Uh, all of our events are geared towards helping children. Everything from the circus. To the beer stube, in one way or another, it comes around. Yeah, like we raise this money, and we—that's who we're doing it for. Yeah, and just again, you can't go too far without running into somebody that's had a benefit from it, and meeting some of these kids. And you know, we other events that we do. You know, either the El Zago Shrine football game, which, which we just had last month, and uh, they visit the, the football players, visit the hospitals, and the. They bring back pa- former patients and current patients. Mm-hmm. You can just see it. It's it kind of. I've been a member now of El Zegel for darn eighteen near, years, uh, over eighteen years, mm-hmm. and just seeing the lives that you can impact, yeah, is great. Well, let's uh, maybe. We, uh, how do you get involved in the shrine? People driving around that probably don't know. Just show up or what? You can show up. Just we have events, fun, um, membership drives. Um, ask around. You probably know somebody. Like, Jeff, I've been hounding you for how long? Yeah, a long, so long time. Long. Yeah. Well, talk to a Shriner. <laughs> talk to a Shriner. Or, yeah. that's Anyone a, that's, that's listening knows us. Get a, get a hold of us. That's our big membership push is talk to a Shriner. And you guys have a beautiful facility on the north side. It is, I mean, obviously right by El Zago. It's right next door. And it, it's the facility is just top notch. I mean, it, it, it's available for we available for renting out for weddings and uh, for fundraisers. We fundraisers. Been, fundraisers. A, been to a number of fundraisers there. Yes, different yes. parties. Uh, we got a beautiful patio out back and out front that we redid, and the lounge area is very nice. And if you haven't checked it out, you should come check it out. Anybody come close to a hole in one last year? Between the two of us? No, for the tournament. Oh. Uh, again, I was not there. You weren't there, yeah. So I'm not 100% yeah. sure on that. But I don't believe there was a hole-in-one last year. No, I, I think that, that we would have found out. Yeah. I mean, it would have found out, but... Um, <laughs> I'm feeling this is the year. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's hope so. Hey, gentlemen, uh, congrats on a, on a great fundraiser. And uh, you, you hope to... You're going to raise thousands of dollars for kids. I mean, that's that's really what, what it's all about. 
So it's a job well done. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Jeff. Hey, hey, if I could add one more thing. This, to participate, this is a 21 and older event. Oh, okay. You do not have to be 21 to come watch it or anything like that. Okay. To participate, it's 21 and over. Got it. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks. That's Mark Grothy and Dan Labernick from El Zago Nine Holes in One. Again, July 30th in, at El Zago Golf Course. You can show up any time between, what, 10 and 4, right? 10 and 4. 10 and 4. 10 4. 10 4. And that's a wrap for this edition of the Golf Show. Again, hope everybody enjoyed the bit from Pebble Beach and the U.S. Women's Open. This is Jeff Kopak. Until next week, hit them straight.